Welcome back to your therapy tools. Today's topics are motivation, inspiration, and a little more assertiveness and radical acceptance. So I want to start by sharing a block of lyrics from a song by an artist named Watsky. It's spelled W-A-T-Z-K-Y. This is very inspirational. So if you are struggling right now with abuse, if you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling in a very unhappy relationship, negativity, toxic people, etc., etc., I want you to adopt this attitude. I want you to remember to never give up. So with that, I will start this block of lyrics by Watsky. But if you are blocking me, I will soon defeat you. I'll build a bridge above you or I'll tunnel underneath you. I will eat you and excrete you and I'll feed you to the flowers. If I have to, I'll go through you and absorb your fucking powers. Let's be crystal clear. I'm going to get there if it takes a day or 50 years. So I want you to absorb that. I want you to absorb that empowerment and hold it and know that you have the choice to let other things bring you down, tear up your self-esteem, destroy your goals and plans, or you have the power to be a mental health warrior, a fighter, and you already know that you are a strong person if you are here working on improving your life. It takes a lot of strength to make change. So I hope that that was inspirational for you, and I want to read it again. Just close your eyes and listen. But if you are blocking me, I will soon defeat you. I'll build a bridge above you or I'll tunnel underneath you. I will eat you and excrete you and I'll feed you to the flowers. If I have to, I'll go through you and absorb your fucking powers. I'm going to get there if it takes a day or 50 years. Let's be crystal clear. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little more now about radical acceptance. Sometimes when we're in an abusive situation or we're around a toxic narcissistic individual, um, we tend to get into this very unhealthy thinking pattern, which includes quite a few stupid thoughts. See if you can identify them as I talk about examples. So one of the thoughts is, why? Why is this person doing this to me? How can this person not feel empathy? Why are they so cold? How can they just lie straight to my face? I don't understand why this is happening to me. I want you to Google locus of control. Locus of control, basically a really brief rundown, is either... You believe you control your environment or you believe you are controlled by your environment. So part of taking control of your environment and being more empowered is to take back your perception of who is in control, number one. If you're going to allow somebody's comment or behavior to ruin your day and cause you to ruminate and have these repetitive loops of stupid thoughts that robs you of your present moment and contributes to the toxic feelings inside of yourself. It's time to make the choice to take control of that and put a stop to it. Radical acceptance is an excellent tool for this because with radical acceptance, you accept people for who and what they are. And actions speak louder than words. If I tell you I am the kindest person on the planet and I'll do anything for anyone, but my behaviors are cold, selfish, mean, and cruel, 
which do you believe? Do you believe my words or do you believe my actions? And that's how you have to start looking at others. You believe their actions. I can tell you I love you, but if I don't act like I love you, then I don't love you. Obviously, right? I can tell you that I like you, but if I'm constantly bullying you and being rude to you with passive-aggressive insults, I don't like you. If I liked you, I would respect you more. I would show you with behaviors. I would show you that I like you. So another factor of radical acceptance, we have to understand we cannot control or change anybody else. The only person you can control and change is you. And when you make changes to yourself, it kind of has a little bit of a domino effect where others perceive you differently and sometimes adjust their behavior uh, in relating to you. So radical acceptance is to look at somebody and accept them for who they are, good and bad, flawed, everything else, and you put no expectations on that person. So if John is a cocky jerk who's always bragging on himself and always has the one-up syndrome. Oh, you've done that? Well, I've done 10 times more than that, right? Um, You flew in an airplane for the first time to go visit somebody in another state and John says, oh, you flew in an airplane? That's nothing. I got my pilot's license and I fly airplanes all the time. So he's, John is annoying, right? Um, But you can't change John. You could confront him. You could tell him he's hurting your feelings. You could talk until you're blue in the face. But John is going to be John because John is John. So you have to accept John for who he is. And the reason for this is not to excuse his behavior, uh, not to let him get away with being a cocky jerk. It's to save yourself from the torment and the emotional chaos that causes health issues, that causes you to lay in bed at night and think about that John is such a jerk. It saves you from all of that so that you can live your best life and not let somebody ruin your day, basically. So John approaches you and you act with radical acceptance. You say to yourself, there's John. He's an egotistical jerk. He likes to one-up every story you tell. So I am going to be the gray rock and I'm going to keep my uh, answers and responses extremely brief around John because he's a jerk and I know what he's going to do. And I would rather save my mental health and peace of mind and happiness than to focus on what a jerk he is. So I accept it. He's a jerk. He's going to say some jerky stuff right now, and I'm just going to let it go in one ear and out the other. Take it with a grain of salt. That's just who he is. Okay? Um, If you do not approach him with radical acceptance, here's what happens, and this is very common. You start boiling. You start feeling the physical signs of anger. Maybe your face gets hot, your jaw gets tight, your chest tightens up, and you're like, oh, God, I hate this guy. And you look at him and you say, hey, you know what? I don't believe your stories. I don't think you are a pilot. I think you're full of shit and you're just trying to one-up everybody's stories. You're such a jerk. Why don't you shut up? Then you're upset, right? Then you've ruined whatever the occasion is. And everybody looks at you like you're crazy because you just basically lost your shit. So John has control because... You reacted, you responded in an emotional negative way. And in DBT, we learn to control our emotions and speak about them, but not react and express them behaviorally, right? So radical acceptance is a DBT skill. So Um, Maybe it's your mother, maybe it's your father, your spouse, a boss even. Um, It could be your child. There are people out there that trigger us. And we all have different triggers 
depending on our past. So radical acceptance really helps to extinguish those triggers, okay? So one of the examples I often used in my office, I had a basic brown coffee table and a couple of couches, and I would ask the client to look at the coffee table, and they would look at it. And I would say, describe the coffee table. And they would say, um, it's brown, it's made of wood. And I would say, so are you upset that that's a coffee table? And they would say, no. And I would say, are you excited that that's a coffee table? And they would say, uh, no. And I would say, can you accept the fact that that's just a coffee table? And they would say, yes. And I would instruct them for their homework for the week to coffee table the hell out of anybody who triggers them. And normally we avoid labeling because it's not a healthy tool to use. But in the case of radical acceptance, we do use a little bit of labeling. And it's not to be negative. It's not to be toxic. It's just to help you radically accept somebody. So you may say, John is a one-upper. John has narcissistic qualities. That's just who John is. I can't change John, so I'm not going to get upset over John's behavior. I am going to ignore it. I won't engage with John much. I'll keep it to a minimum. And maybe you're in a relationship with somebody who's a terrible communicator. And they stonewall you and they shut down a lot. Well... You can work on your end of the communication all day long and become the most excellent communicator that ever lived. But unless your partner wants to change and improve, they won't. So it's important to coffee table your partner. Okay, this person, I know this person is going to shut down. I know this person will stonewall. That's just who he is. Can I accept this person's flaw in my perception and let them remain in my life yes or no if the answer is yes well it's my husband I have to (laughs) I don't want to end the marriage just because he's a bad communicator okay then you have to radically accept the fact that that's who he is that's how he communicates and um, if he's willing to work on it you guys can work on Maybe looking at alternate ways, maybe you could write back and forth to each other in a notebook. Maybe he's better at expressing himself on paper. Um, Maybe he's better at recording an audio message, and then you listen to it and respond. Uh, Maybe he fears confrontation for a variety of reasons. Who knows? But we have to just accept people for who they are and realize we cannot change them certain situations we really just have to accept the situation for what it is maybe somebody at work got the promotion and the raise that you worked your ass off for all year and they just started working there two months ago and bam they're promoted and there's nothing you can do to change that situation it has happened it's unfair you don't feel good about it but you have felt disappointment and anger in the past And you didn't die, right? You lived through it. And it did pass. Negative feelings will pass. They always do. So you have to get yourself into wise mind. Radically accept what's going on. Know that you can't change it. Know your limits. You you can change your own behaviors. You can change your own thoughts. You can change your own situation. If somebody came to your work two months ago and got promoted after you worked your butt off for a whole year to get that promotion and you're dissatisfied with that, beef up your resume and go get a new job. Get out of there. That's, um, that's really unfair and, and I'm sure you deserved that promotion and you worked hard for it and they just handed it to this new person. Um, not a good supportive work environment obviously so accept it for what it is it was unfair I didn't like that so I moved on and found a better place Um, radical acceptance now 
another another thing I wanted to share that's kind of insightful. It's some of you may have heard this story before, and I don't uh, recall the exact author. I'm I'm just uh, going off the top of my head here with no uh, worksheets for this part, but it's a story about a lady who was walking down the street and she saw a wounded snake and she loved animals and she felt so much hurt in her heart for that poor wounded snake. So she scooped it up and put it in a box and took it home and she researched and she did all the right stuff and she she did everything to help this snake heal and become healthy again. And once the snake had healed and become healthy, it bit her. And the snake was a rattlesnake. And she looked at the snake and said, But I cared for you. I took you in. Why? And the snake said, Look, lady, you knew I was a snake when you brought me into your home. I tell this story because it's a reflection on our hindsight you know we get into abusive relationships or situations where we are clouded not by stupidity but by hope and by potential that we see uh, by our positive perception of people and things Um, when you have a big heart and a positive outlook and a basic trust of others um, Sometimes we don't see the red flag. Sometimes we don't see the snake for the snake that it is. And um, I want you to remember not to beat yourself up, but to use whatever your situation is, bad relationship, horrible job environment, whatever the case may be. I want you to use your hindsight to look back and realize when you realized that was a snake. Was it on the first date? when he was a tyrant towards the serving staff? Or was it on your wedding night when he got drunk and abandoned you to go party with his friends rather than consummating the marriage and basking in the glory and and the moment of love and happiness because you just got married? Or was it the first time you found out somebody cheated on you? Did you start to look back and see those red flags that you ignored because you were in love and you were optimistic and you just thought, oh, well, he or she's having a bad day, you know? Um, I want you to think back because when you look back and jot these things down um, in your journal, hopefully you're journaling, when you jot these things down, these become red flags that you have experience with that you can look for, keep your eyes open for in future people and situations. And um, it helps you to hone in and trust your intuition because when you look back and you see these red flags that you missed at the time, it reiterates the fact that your your intuition is basically your soul, your spirit, your guardian angel. And it told you at the time, "Ooh, ooh, something's wrong. But you said, no, no, calm down. Um, Don't be so harsh. Don't be so judgmental. Don't be such a chicken. Give him or her the benefit of the doubt. They're good people. You know, you talked yourself out of that red flag at the time. So this is not to go back in time and then beat yourself up. Do not do that. This is to go back in time and find those red flags and reflect on it so that you now in the future have that superpower. You'll see it right away. You'll you'll feel it. And I highly, highly recommend reading Joe Navarro's books on body language. It's so helpful because you can learn how to talk to somebody on um, and get their baseline and, and you'll be able to see, you know, with their baseline, you would ask them questions like, what's your middle name? And what was your mom and dad like growing up? And um, do you remember your fifth grade teacher? Did you like that teacher? 
what did you want to be when you grew up when you were little you ask them questions that they're going to tell the truth because it's you know it's not anything that could um expose them it's easy it's surfacey it's and and you'll note their physical behaviors while you're talking to them about things they'll tell the truth about right then later when you ask them a question that is uncomfortable or confrontational um you'll be able to tell if they're comfortable and at baseline and being mostly honest with you or you'll be able to tell if they are uncomfortable because they will start to give you telltale signs you'll also be able to tell if the person is really into you um if they really love you and respect you by how they exhibit body language a, a big portion of our communication is nonverbal body language so go check out Joe Navarro's books he's incredible um he's a human lie detector i have read and reread every book he has put out he is amazing and it it helps me um in therapy with my clients not not only to know when they might be um behaving deceitfully you know in denial and trying to convince me that they didn't do something they did or thought um because that's that's a major part of therapy you know people have to face themselves and their own demons and own and be accountable for their actions and words and sometimes that's tough people have a very difficult time and um you can tell by their their physical displays of behaviors um when you're hitting a nerve um it's also easy to tell when a certain topic becomes very uncomfortable for somebody and it, you know you can help them process that so that in conjunction with dbt in conjunction with radical acceptance okay in the future you might meet somebody who a red flag goes off and you hear that siren in your head that says ooh ooh toxic person back away um listen to that you don't have to point at the person and say oh my god you're a witch <laughs> you know you know it's not like that you just gently and carefully create that distance and say oh hey um you know if you're having dinner with them finish dinner and after dinner if they say hey you want to go have a drink or catch a movie you could say you know i'm kind of feeling a little tired i think i'm going to go home and thank you so much i had a great time and you don't have to point them out expose them tell them they're a jerk or none of that just be classy be cool and when they call you and want to go out again you could say oh my god i'm swamped with work i can't and then eventually they'll stop is that you being honest and accountable N- not really but um you know sometimes it's it's better to do that than to start a fight you radically accept who they are make a little excuse that may not be quite honest and then they'll they'll go away because you're boring <laughs> um so i i hope that was helpful um radical acceptance is a big deal. Um now I'm going to go into um the next lesson on assertive assertiveness training and this is from uh, a little workbook that I have. So um let's start with unassertive thinking. And let's take a quick break and come back, okay? I'll be right back after this little break. Okay. So- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com/talktous. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So, I'm assertive thinking. Here's what it sounds like. I shouldn't say how I really feel or think because I don't want to burden other people with my issues. 
If I assert myself, I'll upset other people and ruin relationships. It would be so embarrassing to just say what I think. I shouldn't have to say what I need or how I feel to people close to me. They should they should know. Um, it's uncaring, rude, or selfish if you say what you want because you have to put others first. It will all work out in the end. And anyway, it's not my fault, so whatever. Um, people should keep their feelings to themselves. If I express that I'm feeling anxious, people will think I'm weak and they'll ridicule me or... They'll see that as a weakness and they'll take advantage of me because they're predators. If I accept compliments from someone, it means I'm conceited. So those are unassertive thoughts. If you engage in thoughts like that, which how many of those are stupid thoughts? Can you identify specifically? I I hope that in your head, when you hear a certain cognitive distortion or stupid thought, you automatically think, oh, black and white thinking, oh, denial. Oh, I, I hope that you're pointing those things out silently in your head when you hear them. Anyway, on to the lesson. So that's unassertive thinking. And if you're thinking in unassertive terms, you are not behaving assertively. So it's important to learn to think assertively. Let's start with your assertive rights. You have the right to judge your own behavior, your own thoughts, your own emotions, and to take responsibility for their initiation and consequences upon yourself. You have the right to say no. You have the right to offer no reason, no excuse to justify your behavior. You have the right to judge if you are responsible for finding solutions to other people's problems. You have the right to change your mind. You have the right to disagree with somebody's opinion. You have the right to make a mistake, but you must be accountable for it, okay? You have the right to say, I don't know. You have the right to be illogical in making decisions. You have the right to say, I don't understand. You have the right to say, I don't care. So as important as these rights are, they come linked with responsibilities. And you'll notice the first point says you have the right to your own thoughts, behaviors, and emotions, but you must be accountable and take responsibility for the consequences of these behaviors. People often think they're being assertive, but they're ignoring the consequences of their actions or the rights of others. And that's more typical of being aggressive. So here's how to change your beliefs. Identify your unhelpful thoughts or stupid thoughts. That's the first step towards changing them, which I've talked about before. Um, For some people realizing they've been stuck in a negative thinking loop, that alone just acknowledging it and noticing it becoming aware that's the first step to changing it so you become aware and then you want to do the opposite opposite action you want to reframe that thought those negative thought patterns open your mind reframe those thoughts law of attraction okay So challenge and dispute your thoughts. This means you examine the evidence for and against the thought. You evaluate those thoughts as if you were Judge Judy herself. And what does Judge Judy say? (laughs) She says a lot of things, right? She's funny. But she's one of the things that she will say is, if it doesn't make sense, it's a lie. Or do you have documentation for that? you have evidence for that, then get out of my courtroom. Uh, Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Uh, I could go on and on. She cracks me up. She's a grumpy old lady, but she's right. So think of your thought process as a courtroom and you're putting your evidence on trial for Judge Judy. And if it does not stand up in court, you throw it out. If you don't have evidence, throw it out. If uh, you know you're not a mind reader, You don't know the future, not always, and your negative thoughts are usually um, very, uh, 
puffed up imaginary threats. They're dramatized. You're catastrophizing an event that is probably a, a mild and uh, enjoyable experience, but you're catastrophizing it in your head before you even attend. You're catastrophizing it in your head before you even go on a date. You're catastrophizing your day at work tomorrow and you don't know what it'll be like really. You, you can't see the future unless you can, unless you're the amazing Kreskin or, or Chris Angel the mind freak. Maybe you might have an idea, but you're not, right? You're not. You're not. So put your thoughts on trial. If somebody looks at you and doesn't smile and you think she hates me, he hates me. Um, really? Seriously? How do you know that? You have to really debate yourself and say, okay, what's the evidence this person hates me? Well, they didn't smile at me. Okay, and? Uh, get out of my courtroom, right? Get out of my courtroom. Throw that person a smile. If they don't smile back, walk over and say, hey, how you doing? If they look at you and say, I hate you, get away from me. Well, there's your evidence. And you, you want to avoid that toxic person and radically accept that maybe they do hate you and who knows you're not everybody's cup of tea because some people drink champagne right (laughs) okay so um next segment here thought diaries it can be difficult to challenge your thoughts so we've talked about journaling right um in the stopping stupid thoughts now episode i talk about um tracking your thoughts And, um, you need to know what's triggering those thoughts too. You know, sometimes, uh, people get stuck in this negative thinking loop where somebody will walk in who's super happy and positive and they'll say, look, I got these new shoes today and they're so comfortable. And all I want to do is walk, walk, walk. And you're stuck in a negative loop of, you know, I haven't exercised in years, I, uh, I haven't bought myself any new shoes. Um, I just lay on the couch all day and eat chocolate and I hate myself. I'm so fat after quarantine. Uh, and this happy person shows up and they say, I got these new shoes. All I want to do is walk. I'm so excited. And you look at this person and in your head, you're like, nah, 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 I got new shoes. I'm so cool. Look at me. Um, <laughs> you check yourself, honey, because you're the toxic one if you're irritated with happy people. Um, So you want to track those thoughts and you want to track the situation so that you can break it down and explore further what's going on with you and also to reframe. Like, um, I'm happy for her that she got new shoes. That's awesome. And good for her for exercising more. That's something I need to work on too. You know, turn it to a positive. Don't let yourself get stuck in those yucky negative loops. So you'll ask yourself, what emotion am I feeling? How intense is that emotion? You could rate the intensity from zero to 10, zero being non-existent, 10 being over the top, raging or hysterical or whatever. Um, Here's a little example of somebody who feels hurt and annoyed. Um, This person identified their behavior and physical symptoms. So what did I do? What did I feel in my body? Um, In this example, somebody ignored a phone call from the friend, felt intense and sick whenever thinking about the situation. So identifying the thoughts in the situation. These thoughts take the form of assumptions, interpretations, beliefs, values. Um, Sometimes they even take the form of images or pictures. So ask yourself, what was I thinking? What was running through my head? So in the example, the person's thoughts were, I said yes to go shopping with her when I did not want to. She said she, so she should have said yes to me. Saying no is rude, uncaring, and selfish. Maybe she just doesn't like me anymore. So when you're tracking that, trust me, when you go back and read that in your journal and you think to yourself, wow, <laughs> I, uh, I said yes to something I didn't want to do. That's very codependent, right? Um, 
so she should have said yes to me. Um, I'm shooting on somebody. That's not cool. Saying no is rude, uncaring, and selfish. Take that one to court. Is that real? Is that is that a valid statement? Absolutely not. Saying no is not rude, uncaring, and selfish. Um, maybe she doesn't like me anymore. Now we're we're predicting the future. We're mind reading. We're catastrophizing. Um, we've gone from I was going to go shopping with a friend, but I ignored her phone call. To oh no, she doesn't like me anymore. Oh no. Um, I'm sure your friend still likes you, right? So when you go back and you look at it, um, you're writing it down, you're, you're um, externalizing your stupid thoughts <laughs> and the triggers, right? You're externalizing it. And by doing that, you're kind of helping to get the emotion out. Hopefully you put yourself in wise mind when you sit down and write it down. If you don't and you're just overwhelmed with emotion, that is perfectly okay too. But get it on paper. Get it in that journal. Because later when you go back and look at it, now the emotion has had time to calm down and blow over. So when you go back and read it a week later, you're able to logically think about it without all the emotion overwhelming you. And you can absolutely see where and how you need to reframe your thoughts. Okay? So... Let me move on because I've covered five pages of this module. (laughs) Okay. How to behave more assertively. We will skip right ahead to that. Okay, remember the unassertive thoughts that we spoke about. All negative self-talk, basically, right? So basic assertion is when we make a statement that expresses our needs, wants, beliefs, opinions, and feelings in a clear, concise, and kind manner, okay? It's usually an I statement, something such as, I need to be away by 5 o'clock. I feel pleased with the way the issue has been resolved. I appreciate the way you've engaged with me to resolve this communication issue we've been going through. I truly appreciate that. I haven't thought about that before. I'd like time to think about your idea. I thought your presentation was very good. The cost will be $2,000. Sometimes when uh, we're running a business or we're selling stuff, sometimes we feel um, for some reason that lack of confidence when we give the price. How much is that um, freeform golden healer tower crystal you have there? And you pick it up and you say, uh, $200? And you say say it with uh, very little conviction because you feel like you're not supposed to charge that much. Or for uh, how much do you charge to come to my house and do a massage? And a massage therapist who's just starting out without the confidence might say, uh, is $100 okay? Whereas when she's more assertive and more confident, she'll say, it's $100. And it, no big deal, right? You have that confidence. So being assertive gives you confidence. Um, Here's another example. I like it when you help me. Um, Basic assertion also includes what some people will refer to as self-disclosure. It just means you're disclosing your feelings with a very simple I statement because you are responsible for your feelings. Remember that. So some examples, I feel nervous. I feel guilty. I'm not comfortable with this. I feel angry. I am frustrated. Um, you get the idea, right? So the immediate effects of the self-disclosure is to reduce your anxiety. It lets you relax and take charge of yourself and your feelings. Um, the I statement shows that you're taking responsibility for your own feelings. Empathic assertion. Empathy means we try to understand another person's feelings, needs, wants. So this type of assertion contains an element of recognition to the other person's feelings, needs, and wants, as well as stating your own. So here's an example of that. I appreciate that you don't like this new procedure, However, until it is changed, I would like for you to keep working on it. 
Here's another. I know you're busy at the moment, John. There's John again, right? He's a jerk. No, just kidding. <laughs> I know you're busy at the moment, John, but I'd like to make a request. Or I recognize that it's really difficult to be precise on the cost. However, I'm going to need a, at least a rough estimate. I know that you're uncomfortable with confrontation. However, I really need you to communicate your feelings to me right now so that we can resolve this. So those are, those are examples of being assertive, but empathic as well. Consequence assertion. This is the strongest form of being assertive, and sometimes it's a last resort behavior. It's usually used where someone has not been considering the rights of others and you want to get their behavior to change without becoming aggressive. Um, in a work situation, you might use it when standard procedures or guidelines are not being followed by the employees. When you use consequence assertion, you let the other person know the consequences of them not changing their behavior with you. Um, and this doesn't mean that you have the power to control another person. It means if they appreciate whatever their relationship is with you, they'll they'll compromise a little bit. Or it's it's uh, the highway baby, right? So here's a here's a few examples of this. Um, it can be seen as aggressive, so you have to be careful with your nonverbal signals. You don't want to be waving your hands all around. You don't want to jut out your chest and jaw and stare them down. You know, you just want to. Take a nice deep breath and then say it with this kind of a tone. Um, if you continue to withhold the information, I'm left with no option but to bring in the production director and I would prefer not to do that. So let's resolve this, okay? Or, oh boy, here's John again, such a jerk. I'm not prepared, John, to let any of my staff cooperate with yours on that project. Not unless you give them access to the same facilities that your people have. Or, I haven't thought about that before. Um, oh, never mind, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, here's the last one. If this occurs again, I'll be left with no alternative but to apply the formal disciplinary procedure. And I would prefer not to do that. In a relationship, it could be, you know, I've spoken to you before about your stonewalling me and refusing to communicate, and you've agreed that you would work on that. However, I'm not seeing changes, and if this is going to be the norm for our relationship, I can't do this. Or, I've told you in the past I can't be around alcoholics or people who drink too much alcohol. And you agreed to stop drinking alcohol when you and I get together. However, every time I see you, you're drunk. So I am going to have to limit contact with you because we've talked about this already. So that, that's another way of putting across consequences. You could say, hey, you know what? You like to do cocaine. That's cool. You go do your cocaine. But, you know, I've explained that um, I can't be around it. So I can I have to limit my time with you. And if I'm not judging you, that's cool. Go do your cocaine, but I can't be around it. And, um, you know, since you're still doing it around me, I have to end this friendship. So I wish you the best. Bye. Um, discrepancy assertion. This is, um, a discrepancy between what has been agreed to and what is happening and that's that's kind of where I just went with that um, here's a few more examples as I understand it we agreed that project A was top priority now you're asking me to give more time to project B I would like to clarify which is now the priority um, John again John on one hand you're saying that you want to improve cooperation between our departments. But on the other hand, you make statements about us that make it difficult for us to cooperate. I agree we can improve the situation, so I would like to talk about that with you. Negative feelings assertion. Um, this is used when you're experiencing very negative feelings towards another person. Anger, resentment, hurt feelings. Um, in a controlled and calm way, you draw attention to the undesirable effect another person's behavior is having on you. So here's four steps to negative feeling assertion. 
Step one, describe the other person's behavior objectively. Be careful to do this without interpreting or judging. So keep all your stupid thoughts to yourself. Do this with a scientific mind. Example, when you leave it this late, when you leave it this late to produce your report, it frustrates me. It adds a lot more to my plate that I don't need. Um, Number two, describe the impact of the person's behavior on you. Okay, so I just, I just put those together for you. So objectively describing the other person's behavior, you continue to use cocaine and that makes me sad because I can't be your friend now. I can't be around it. When you leave it this late to produce your report, it involves me working over the weekend. I have too much on my plate already. I don't appreciate that. Okay. Broken record. Um, w- this is best used with children, but some adults, they can be like children, right? Sometimes we're just little kids in, a, in an adult body parading around in a big old oversized suit, <laughs> feeling like an imposter sometimes, right? Um, and some people reason emotional, they use emotional reason the same way a toddler would, you know, like the narcissistic person, um, really runs on, on, uh, ego, bruised ego. Um, so broken record, kids are experts at this. This involves preparing what you're going to say and just repeating it exactly as often as necessary in a calm and relaxed manner. So you just stick to the lines that you've given yourself and you don't stray, you offer no justification, you offer no apologies, you just broken record. Radical accept, broken record. Um, Here's some examples. Kate says, can I borrow $20 from you? Dave says, I can't lend you any money, I've run out. Kate says, but I'll pay you back as soon as I can, I really need it bad. You're my friend, aren't you? And Dave says, I can't lend you any money. Kate says, I would do the same for you. You're not going to miss 20 bucks. Come on, Dave. Dave says, I'm your friend, but I can't lend you any money. I've run out. So you see how Dave sticks to the sticks to the uh, the sentence that he gave, he gave himself. And it's the same. It's the same uh, with, with anything. Um, he is setting a boundary around his finances. Let's see, we've talked about boundaries, right? So being assertive, you have to you have to be assertive to really reinforce your boundaries. And um, no matter what the other person says, and I know it's difficult, but with practice, you'll get good at it. The broken record is is one of my favorites. Um, this can be the broken record can be combined with other assertiveness techniques too. Um, always begin with the mildest stance, getting more and more assertive as you see fit. So on a continuum uh, in, in the DBT lesson. Remember, your intensity of asking will be low or high depending on the situation. That's what this is referring to. So you're going to decide if you're going to be a little bit assertive or a whole lot of assertive. Um, basic assertion. Here's some examples. I bought this clock yesterday. The button for moving the hand isn't working properly, so I'd like to exchange it, please. At this point, the assistant will either agree or say, yeah, the clock should have been checked before it left the shop. So you could be empathic and say, I realize that would have made things easier. However, I would still like to replace it. At this point, the assistant will either agree or say, I don't have the authority to exchange things. So you could say, I would still like it to be replaced. After a few exchanges, the level could be raised to, I would like the item changed. If you're not prepared to do that, I'll take the matter up with your head office. I would prefer to resolve it now. So the one situation in which the technique can be disadvantaged is when you're making a request from someone who does not want to do what you're asking. When they continue to resist, your requests start to lose power every time you have to repeat them. If the requests are repeated too often, it can backfire on the authority of your words. So in this case, it's necessary to have some consequences on hand. 
All of the techniques require practice. So start with basic assertion and practice for a week or two before you start trying to be really, really assertive. Um, pick one technique at a time and use it whenever it's appropriate. It's helpful to keep a little uh, journal of the ways you've been able to use these assertive techniques. Then you can see how often you're using assertiveness and which, text, which techniques are the most useful for you. Um, so an example is, you know, you put the date and time, uh, what's the technique you use, basic assertion, discrepancy assertion, empathic assertion, and so on. Uh, what was the situation? Maybe it was at work, uh, you complimented somebody on their report, or maybe at work your boss told you to do something, then told you again five minutes later. Um, things to remember for next time would be the next uh, thing you would write about. So. You might note that your voice was too soft and you didn't look at the person enough. Maybe next time speak a little louder and make good eye contact. Or um, maybe you think you got angry and might have sounded annoyed, so next time you'll try to keep it a little more calm. But um, definitely track that in a journal. And um, that's it for today. I'm, I've almost reached my 60 minutes. I could go on and on. <laughs> But I hope this was helpful, and um, I hope that you uh, will go back and listen to this a few times and jot down some notes and practice, 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 because when you want to have boundaries and you want to be able to radically accept things as they are, um, being assertive is, is really a key factor to that healthy journey, learning to be assertive. Being assertive does not make you a bitch or an asshole. Being assertive makes you someone to be respected. So I want you to think about somebody that you respect and admire and wish you could be more like. And I want you to point out the different ways that person is assertive. And how do you notice them uh, asserting their boundaries and reinforcing their boundaries? Maybe it's a reality show person, maybe it's a politician, maybe it's a relative or a coworker, but somebody that you admire who does no harm but takes no shit, right? That is you too. You are that person too. You just have to use the tools and make it happen. So make good choices today. And remember that you are absolutely worth it. You are a badass. And congratulations for making it through to the end of this podcast. I hope you're enjoying your therapy tools. Please share. Please subscribe to my channels. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and a few other platforms. If you find my podcast helpful, please share it. And... Until next time, be assertive. Bye-bye.